I spent the rest of the winter focused on accomplishing one of my two new endeavors, getting selected for the voyage or getting into grad school. For the voyage, I started a rigorous exercise regimen. Every afternoon during the few hours of twilight, I forced myself to leave the toasty confines of my room to endure the cold outside. For grad school, I stayed up late, filling out applications and memorizing a stack of 1,500 flashcards with a vocabulary word on one side and its definition on the other. I was preparing for the GRE, a test required for students who wish to enroll in most graduate programs. My social life all but vanished when Avery was asked by camp management to leave because he'd decided to start inhaling marijuana as if it were oxygen again. Because most of my other cold-foot co-workers did nothing but drink and fight and shit on each other's cars, I kept to myself and took to my books. I read Barry Lopez's Arctic Dreams, Daniel Defoe's Robinson Crusoe, and Russell Banks's Cloud Splitter, as well as many of the works of Jane Austen, John Steinbeck, and Jack London. And then I picked up Walden. When I read Walden, I found myself nodding to each paragraph, jotting notes in the margins, underlining whole pages. Thoreau gave me the words to describe what I'd felt for so long. When he was in his late twenties, Thoreau moved out of Concord, Massachusetts, and into the woods next to Walden Pond, where he and a couple of friends had built a small 10-by-15-foot cabin in which he'd live by himself for a little over two years. In his cabin, he embraced the simple life. He made his own furniture, hoed beans, and chopped wood to heat his home. Years later, he wrote Walden, a book about his experiences in which he championed the virtues of simplicity and damned the dangling carrots of civilization— materialism, riches, and prestige that too commonly lead men astray. Some other notable achievements. Thoreau was an active participant in the Underground Railroad, using his cabin as a station to shelter escaped slaves. He went to jail for a night after refusing to pay his poll tax, an act of civil disobedience he committed to protest how taxpayer money was being used to support the institution of slavery and the crimes of the ongoing Mexican-American War and he was an all-around Renaissance man, a pencil maker, surveyor, naturalist, poet, carpenter, mason, farmer, gardener, and schoolteacher. He played the flute, held wildly popular melon parties each fall, and enjoyed dancing, ice skating, and going on walks for four hours a day through the woods and fields of his native Concord. Historians claim he never had a sexual relationship, dying a virgin at the age of forty-four. I was having my second man crush. Thoreau, coming from a family of pencil makers, went to college at Harvard in the 1830s. His financial situation, one biographer notes, was perennially precarious. Like many students, he had to take off a semester to work so he could pay tuition. After he'd graduated and moved into his Walden cabin, he realized just how much he'd squandered as a student. The student who wishes for a shelter, he said in retrospect, can obtain one for a lifetime at an expense not greater than the rent which he now pays annually. It made perfect sense. I started to wonder why students, like myself, had put up with expensive food and housing when we could have devised more affordable, though rustic, living situations of our own. 
and I wondered why it seemed to be a prerequisite of life to have to work fifty weeks a year when Thoreau fed himself working only six. Walden was published in 1854, but his iconic observation that the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation seemed as apt an insight for today as it was then. He described how his fellow citizens, serfs of the soil, would toil away at desks or on huge farms, hating every minute of it, just so they could live in large homes and wear fashionable clothes in order to impress their neighbors, who were also unhappily employed. Thoreau made me feel like I'd been a sane man, wrongly assigned to live in a madhouse. He became my guide, whispering...